Welcome to the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast, featuring Christian entrepreneurs to inspire and empower Christian business owners to walk strongly in their faith while building a thriving business that honors Him in every way. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Welcome to another episode of the Christian Entrepreneurs podcast. It's brought to you by the Influence Alliance, which of course is the membership program specifically for coaches and consultants who want to build a profitable and scalable business while launch and grow their podcast so that they can make a much bigger impact in the world with their message. And I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, my guest today says, if we can find the question, what would Jesus do? Only to the slightly uncomfortable or mildly inconvenient questions of our own lives, we are missing the point entirely. And joining me on today's show is Tiffany Yaki Brooks. She is a former writing professor turned full-time author and writing coach. And she's worked in the publishing industry for 17 years, 14 as a ghostwriter, and has been part of more than 30 books, including as a lead or contributing writer for eight New York Best Times Sellers or New York Times Best Sellers. Now, in 2019, she began publishing under her own name and also to do structural editing, manuscript consultations, book coaching, and public speaking on that side through her company, Past 11 LLC. Now, specifically on today's show, Tiffany's going to share how to find your voice, tell your own story, and how to help others to tell theirs how to operate in the faith space while you're maybe undergoing some faith struggles yourself, as well as how to mindfully prepare for launching your own writing and speaking career. Welcome to the show, Tiffany. Thank you so much for having me. You are so welcome. And I know that there will be people who are watching and listening along. And uh, one of the things that we love to do, if you do have a question or a comment, please leave them in the comments. And uh, then I will make sure that I ask Tiffany that question for you. Now, Tiffany, the quote that I started off with about what would Jesus do, that is often something that we do say, can you share with me what you, a little bit of a snippet behind the scenes of what do you mean by that? What what if we only just ask that and confine it? What, what led you to, to say that? Well, the book that I most recently published, it actually just came out last month or in May of here in 2022. It's called Gaslighted by God, Reconstructing a Dis- Disillusioned Faith. And I recognize that the title is provocative, but we're trying to reach the goal was to speak to people who have felt harmed by the church and harmed by narrow narrow interpretations of scripture or um, even religious experience, religious trauma or spiritual abuse. And yet they want to hold on to their faith. You know, there are so many books that talk about how to deconstruct or how who warn us that deconstruction is going to be the downfall of the church. Um, But there's not a lot in that space that talks about what do you do on the other side of that if you still want to hold on to faith. So in writing this book, one of the things that I was looking at was how do we take our pain um, that has been caused, you know, or committed in the name of God or in the hands of of people claiming to be acting for God? um, How do we take that and apply that to healing ourselves and healing the world? And how do we reach others? You know, if we are called, if an essential part of our ministry as Christ followers is to reach out to others, you know, what can we do with our pain as a way of reaching out to others who we know have been similarly hurt? 
And so in looking at that, um, that expression that I think so many of us were raised on, you know, or had the little bracelets, the WWJD bracelets who were asked, what would Jesus do? Um, and so often that was applied narrowly or in a way that was used to sort of beat people over the head with the gospel yeah. rather than to show love and compassion and healing and, and tenderness and openness. And so it, one of the things that to me, I think is so central in finding an authentic voice in our faith and giving voice to that is recognizing that sometimes what Jesus would do is not what's comfortable to us, but also what doesn't necessarily benefit us directly. Jesus gained nothing from going to the cross. That was all for other people. And so I think that that model, sometimes we ask, what would Jesus do to a point, but we don't want to take that further and say, well, but I don't want to reach out to this circle that goes outside something I'm comfortable with, or I don't want to risk myself this much, or I don't want to tick off the other members of my faith tribe by questioning something that seems problematic. And so yeah. really, that's what I was trying to get to the heart there of that if we if we want a true authentic faith and authentic engagement with God and what the gospel really is supposed to be, then we need to ask how how do these actions acting in Christ's name um, benefits someone or something beyond myself or my yeah. own fear of, of, of I love that you said that. And you know what's really interesting? My entire Dropbox has gone down. So my show notes and all of that has gone down as well. And yeah. as you started speaking, it was like, oh, so we're definitely going to answer those questions, but we're going to go much deeper into that because over the last number of years, I'd say probably 10 was when I started the journey, there were certain things that I was questioning as well, you know, around certain teachings, around certain things that were done in the church, add that to many of my colleagues who I've worked with over the years, who when we start to dive a little bit deep into their own stories and their own journeys, one of them is a client that I'm currently working with in the store or with, the story that they shared about their upbringing in the church and how unfortunately things were said and done that was not what Jesus wanted or even, you know, modelled for us because of the rules and regulations and the, you know, the doctrines, the human doctrines, the lens that we look through that has nothing to do, you know, it all distorts what Jesus had said and has unfortunately had them walk away because from the church because um, of being hurt. And, you know, I think it's wonderful that we have a, co- a conversation like this because it's like come back. that. And when we talk about church, we're not talking about a building. Every single one of us as uh, people who love Jesus, who have asked him, you know, forgive me for the sins. I mean, that's a whole other topic that we can talk about. Repentance and forgiveness, all of those things that Jesus um, encouraged us to do. And there's a reason why, isn't there? There's an enemy who wants to destroy and who wants to distract us and take us away from all of that and deceive us. And uh, so, you know, there's certain things that Jesus said that we need to do, but it's to keep us safe as a, you know, God the Father, is a loving father and as us who are parents who we love our children, there's certain things that we say, no, you can't, you cannot put that fork in the power socket. Why? You you know, there's certain things. We see that um, as children of, of, of the Lord. What were some of the things that you discovered? Because then we can help others unpack their story and realize, you know, 
Jesus is there, you know, come back to the fold, find a, a community. So what were some of the things that you found when you were researching this? Well, one of the things that I looked at was, um, especially close, was legalism, because that seemed to be a common thread. So I, I interviewed dozens of people for the book um, because I didn't want to just be writing about my own experiences. I wanted a variety of voices and, and different experiences to influence and shape the book. Um, and so um, one of the points that people kept coming back to was the idea of legalism. And the more I worked with that, having grown up in a rather legalistic uh, tradition myself, um, what I found, what what I discovered, I think, was when we really boil boil it down, legalism is an attempt to control God. Because we are saying, if I do this extra thing beyond what you asked, I'm doing extra credit, which means you have to love me more, bless me more, honor me more, elevate me more, whatever it is. Legalism is an attempt to control God. Mm-hmm. And once you put it in those terms, like th- that's a little bit shocking, I think, because it takes away that sense of holiness from it of, oh, well, you're going the, you're going extra. You're just doing extra duty. You're being extra holy. No, you are being manipulative. Yeah. And you are trying to trap God into an obligation. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was really, really helpful to break some, we, I break down some stories in the Bible um, that seem to illustrate legalism. And they're not necessarily the traditional ones we think of, of like the Pharisees, but actually um, there's one from the Old Testament where we look at Saul um, and a rash oath that he made and how he interacts with with the Israelite army and his son, Jonathan. And I really go through step by step and break that story down and analyze how it's a perfect illustration of the traps of legalism and what that does and how we see a response that a biblical response is to push back against that mm-hmm. and, and to recapture that. And we see that, you know, like I said, obviously in Jesus pushing back against the Pharisees, but we actually if, if we look kind of with a different lens, we can see that there are threads throughout the Bible, throughout scripture saying there are always going to be people who try to put the burden on someone else, mm. who try to obligate God, who try to control things or manipulate in these ways. And it is yeah. always the holier response to seek freedom. Yeah, yeah. I love what you've just said there and, um, you know, the legalism side of things. And it's interesting because um, this is something that I'm finding many more people are talking about as well. And, you know, if we as a body of Christ say in, I I realise that there's certain things that we need to put in place to provide structure, you know, to provide um, um, uh, a way in which we can bring the message forward. But if those whatever we call it, p- parameters or so forth, cause a barrier from someone, you know, from getting to, to know Christ the way he wanted or even because there's something that I have found in in the area of legalism. I'd love your feedback on this, Tiffany. You talked about trying to control God. If we do this, then he's going to do, to do that. What about um, when we look at some of the doctrine that has come through, when we talk about, you know, the Holy Spirit, and I'm sure you've heard of the term of um, continuous semi-continuous cessationism and cessationism where we believe that now is the church, the modern church, if you will, um, the Holy Spirit doesn't need to work in that way, such as miracles and healings, speaking in tongues, all of that what we might call the woo-woo spiritual things. Well, who is God if not spiritual? And who is the Holy Spirit? 
Didn't he raise Jesus from the dead? You know, and when we do that and we say, no, miracles don't happen anymore, maybe some miracles, do we realise that we're putting a barrier or a block or a a fence around the Holy Spirit? It's like, hello, have you found that when you were doing your research? Absolutely. And you absolutely got to the heart of part of what I talk about in the book. Um, because I think that is so, so true. One of the things, you know, I guess sticking with the topic of writing, actually, one of the things that I have found, I think, is is very true. You know, I grew up in a tradition where um, the Holy Spirit spoke through scripture and really doesn't speak through us or enact in us much anymore. And we just don't like to talk about that because that gets a little woo-woo, you know, and we, we need to follow what's written here and nothing else. But um, what I have found in my own experience is that, you know, a lot of, I think, more mainstream evangelical or Protestant traditions, we kind of look a little askance at certain spiritual gifts, especially speaking in tongues. Um, But I think that a modern iteration of speaking in tongues is simply finding the words or ideas or metaphors to express something clearly in a way that leads people to truth that maybe you've never sat down and consciously thought about the f- before, but in the moment, the words come. And this is something that I've experienced over and over. Like, I always joke, I'm the world's worst evangelist. Like in the past growing up, when I thought that you had to, that evangelism meant that every time you met someone, you had to say, do you know Jesus as your personal? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I, I always joke about, um, I don't know, for your Harry Potter fans out there, there's that scene in Goblet of Fire where Ron is trying to ask Fleur Delacour to the ball. And he like freaks out and just sort of screams at her. He's like, well, you're going to the ball with me. That's what I was like as an evangelist. Um, for, for most of my life, because it was just so awkward and unnatural. But what I found when I gave up on that idea, because that's what I had always been taught was the valuable way or the right way to evangelize. When I gave up on that and simply opened myself up and said, like, Lord, like, speak through me. Let me be a conduit for what the Holy Spirit wants to communicate. What I found is that there were ideas and metaphors and connections that I spoke that um, I hadn't necessarily thought or considered before. And that's not to say we should speak without thinking. I want to put that caveat on here because I do that too. But, you know, I think in certain cases when you open yourself up and say, Lord, just use me as, you know, make me an instrument of thy will to use that beautiful ancient prayer, um, that the Holy Spirit will flow through us and will find the words and ideas that will connect with that individual where they are. And that. I believe is a modern iteration of speaking in tongues because it's not me performing from a script. It's not me talking somebody through, you know, these are five points of salvation that you have. This is God communicating in the moment to that person where they are, what their needs are based on their experiences and viewpoints and, and hurts and traumas and fears and joys and everything else. I can't know those. But God is using me as the instrument to communicate love and peace and gospel to them. Yeah, absolutely. And that also picks up on a beautiful point. I want to share um, a story that I heard recently, which just blew blew my mind um, because uh, years ago I was, I remember speaking to my mother and I've shared this story on openly on, on Facebook. And I said, you know, as we were looking at different churches and my auntie came to our church and she went to a different denomination. And when I looked over to her, she was just in absolute worship. And I looked at her and I thought, Whatever she's got, Lord, I want 
what she's got. And it led me down the journey um, to where I am today. However, when we talk about having a, a word of knowledge, which is one of those spiritual mm-hmm. gifts, you know, another one that we often talk about is, is or, or we don't talk about is prophecy, a personal word of encouragement and empowerment. And a word of knowledge is something that we cannot know as an individual, yet if we recognise and believe and even ask, Lord, give me words of knowledge that I may speak to someone who I may not know and that will open the door for me to reveal you to them. Jesus did that with the woman at the well, you know. I mean, we could have a whole series on on that alone. He went there and he shared words of knowledge that no one else knew. And did you know from that interaction, from that encounter, she really became the first evangelist. She completely went to her town, her family. And how many yeah, that's right. So prophetic evangelism, that's something that, well, that's what Jesus did. So this is the story that I wanted to share and why it's so exciting. It's, it's you know, when we realise that we have Christ in us, there's Bible verses that said, there's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. We are a new creation. And I think sometimes with that legalism, Tiffany, we continue to go back and reflect and really sit on, you know, the old covenant teachings We have a new covenant now. And because Christ lives in us, the Holy Spirit continues to listen, you know, to work in us, strip away the labels, strip away the things that could inhibit us, you know, all of the BS that the enemy keeps trying to, you know, put on the full armour of of the Lord. We can operate that in the way in which Christ did, which is what he intended us to do in the first place, isn't it? Because he gave us his power and authority. Now, this is the story that beautifully relates to what you were sharing. This was in a book that I read, so it goes back to the power of storytelling and getting it out in a book by an author called Emma Stark, and she is um, she is a, has a ministry over in Glasgow, Glasgow, Scotland. <laughs> She quite often humorously said, now, the Lord speaks with an Irish accent, you know. But anyway, so this is the story. She regularly hears from the the, the Lord because she's got a prophetic ministry. And she, so often she said, the Lord will pop in and he'll say something, go and tell that person in the most, you know, awkward of moments. But she, she's committed to to doing um, and sharing. And so she there she was in a retail clothing store with clothes in her hand. And then all of a sudden she heard from the Lord, go and tell that um, to the teller that she is going to be a wonderful mother. It was a young girl. And as she started, Emma started walking towards, and I'm paraphrasing. So Emma, if you're hearing this, I'm paraphrasing it. Go and get her book, The Prophetic Warrior. Um, uh, People started to go that were in queue. And so she walked up to the teller, the sales assistant, and she said, look, I hear from the Lord and the Lord wants me to share with you that you're going to be a wonderful mother. And this young woman kind of looked up at her and stammered and said, oh, really? Oh, thank you so much. And she told the story to Emma that she had found out that she was pregnant. The young man um, who was the father didn't really want anything to do with her, so she'd booked in to have an abortion. But something in her heart kind of just didn't feel right. So she she prayed, Lord, if you are real and um, you want me to have this baby, will you show me a sign? Oh, my goodness. Can you? I mean, so... 
as children of the living God with Christ living in us. Do not let legalism stop us from hearing from the Lord and giving words of knowledge to this person. And right then and there, Emma prayed with her. She gave her life to the Lord and you know, and she rang up. She goes, I need to, uh, she take time. She wanted to ring up and she cancelled her abortion appointment. Oh, my goodness. I mean, wow. That's wow. storytelling, a word of knowledge, you know, um, from the Lord. That's changed many lives, the Absolutely. young woman's life, her unborn child's life. Who knows what the Lord has on that young child for the mission and the calling that they, you know, he has for that Absolutely. child. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I think I think so often we put too much pressure on ourselves to think, well, a a spiritual gift is going to be something that is big and dramatic and, you know, life shaking or, you know, or, or whatever, you know, or, or have this huge scope. And no, because we don't know what the ripple effects of even just a card, you know, like, because like you said, like encouragement, that's a spiritual yeah. gift, just yeah. a card sent to a person can give them, you know, the, to encourage someone to breathe courage into them, you know, yeah. that gives them that extra boost that they need just to get through that day or that week or whatever that may be. And I think that's, it's so important. And this is, again, something that I talk about in the book is that we so often, if we come from uh, faith traditions that are very controlling or authoritarian, we're taught not to trust ourselves because we're told, well, that's the human side and you should squash that down, you know, and we end up killing that intuition that I think so often can be the Holy Spirit working. So when we get that nudge that says, you know what, send a card to that person, yeah. shoot that person a text, you know, sometimes we're like, no, 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 I'm just, I'm being, I'm being needy or I'm being, you know, I'm going to smother them or whatever, but that could be the Holy Spirit saying, I'm working through you. I am yeah. using you to, you know, to give that person the courage, the encouragement, the, just the, the reminder that they're loved or have value, you know, whatever it is, like that is a way of being open to be an instrument of God. Um, yeah, I love that. And so, I important. It's so and, and it is so true. I mean, that's when we talk about the the um, discernment, isn't it? Absolutely. Which is also a gift of, of the, the spirit as well. And some people have that naturally. And I have come to understand as well, the more research that I've done, and I've, I've interviewed people who have... Um, worked in the prophetic space and they actually go to um, psychic fairs and it's incredible the long line of people that will often you mm. know go there when they hear from the Lord in, in in only things that the Lord can know it's 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 very different and many of them have come to know the Lord as well believe it or not yeah. Wow. Wow. They, that's that's their yeah they use that in in the ministry um and and one of the things that i have done through some of the the research and again the storytelling of others people who have later come to christ who have had a, a real um spirit of discernment when they were searching they ended up in the psychic world in the in the woo woo world kind of thing because oh, they could see things in the spiritual world wow. um but because as we know there there is the natural man when we're talking about the three the, the the spirit of discernment there's the natural man our thoughts there's the thoughts from the lord but then there's also the enemy, you know, right. and when we are covered uh, by the blood of Christ and we have the Holy Spirit living in us, we're protected from 
you know, the, the um, evil, the spiritual world. Oh, I mean, I the stuff that, that we, as Christians, I think we, we, you know, that's what we walk in. We can help set people free in that way. Don't put laws and, and regulations that are stopping the Holy Spirit from working in and through us um, to and be I, able to heal, isn't it, others or help that. Process. I agree, you know, and I think that's where prayer is so important because, you know, it's there can be, you know, I, and, and I don't want to, you know, speak against um, anyone's calling here, but, you know, there can be routes to take where you become so open that this could potentially, you know, veer off into a path that maybe isn't of God. And I think that being open to like, I need to always be praying that, Lord, you need to direct this. I want to make sure that I'm moving in your will. Um, you know, I think that's so essential in keeping grounded and um, making sure that we're rooted in in God's direction. You know, yeah. and we're not being not being pulled off. And something that I found, you know, it's in terms of entrepreneurship is that people often feel, well, because I don't have a publishing contract, because I don't have a huge social media platform where I'm being followed by, you know, tons of people, my story can't make a difference or my words don't matter. But, you know, something I often tell people is I'm going to make you a really basic flow chart, which, you know, if you say, well, I'm not really a writer because I'm saying, do you write? Yes or no? If the answer is no, then no, you're not a writer. If the answer is yes, then you're a writer. It's the world's shortest flowchart, basically. But the idea is it, if you feel that the Lord has put something on your heart, if if you have words, and it doesn't have to be, um, you know, very, you know, overtly evangelical, is if creation is an act of worship. You know, yeah. God is a creator. And God's created through language. Mm -hmm. And so participating in that is a form of worship. Yeah. And so if God has put it on your heart to create through language, then do that. And if it's meant to be shared, there will be an avenue. If it's that you start a blog, if it's that you put it in a card, if it's that you, you know, submit to a volume of poetry or put something in your local newspaper, or if you do get a book contract, whatever it is, those doors will open. But don't stop yourself from sharing the word of God simply because you don't see the end game yet. Yeah, so true. You know what I what I love about what you you've said in that particular area is that so many people, um, as you said, was well, who's interested in in my story, my my journey. You know, by saying that, there are things that the Lord has journeyed you through. There are things. It's like when you pray for patience, you know, there's going to be a lot of waiting in your future, isn't it? Right. It's like going to the gym. There's muscles that you need to tear as they build up. And so when we're walking with, you know, through with Christ, there are often things that we need to surrender to so that his strength, the Holy Spirit can continue to work up and give us a strength that we could never get on, on our own. That journey that you've walked, the heartache that you've come through, when you capture that in a story in a book in a blog in a podcast that message can be a message of hope and possibility for others isn't it and Absolutely. that's one of the reasons I started podcasting back in 2008 because you know the global financial crisis to be the voice of hope and possibility in doom and gloom now each and every one of us has a story that we can share that can be the hope and possibility in the doom and gloom. You only need to turn on the TV, you know, read the newspaper. I don't know if they, do they still print newspapers, <laughs> right. newspapers you know, um, the radio. 
other platforms to be able to see the do, do the doom and gloom um, and to be a voice of hope and encouragement Absolutely. within that is going to stand out, isn't it? And the Lord As, will be able to yeah. use that. To so true. Well, and as you and I were speaking before before the broadcast started, you know, Jesus used stories. Jesus relied on stories to reach people because sometimes, you know, you can tell something nonfiction um, and that's fantastic. But sometimes telling something in a different way, you know, like I think about um, the the great um, uh, graphic novel of Mouse, you know, and oh, how it is a pictorial dis, um, depiction of the Holocaust and it captures the truth and the horror of it and the human side of it in a different way than just writing a straight nonfiction narrative. That whatever way you have been called to use language, God can use for truth. If yeah. you are willing to allow that to be used, if you are willing to say, Lord, you know, I want to serve you. I want to honor you with this gift, with this calling, with this urge, whatever it is to create through language use this and 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 you know that's what jesus did with parables and i think that's that's what those who feel called to be writers um do as well yeah well i have finally got dropbacks back up and and (laughs) running and um so if you've got a few extra minutes i know that you're on the 30 minute mark tiffany but i would love for you to share just a few insights into uh some of the areas that you mentioned i mean how to find your voice tell your own story and help others i think we've certainly covered (laughs) that um and then some when we're talking about operating in the faith space you know maybe someone's recognizing tiffany through hearing you today well, maybe I do have a story, yet I'm nowhere near perfect. How on earth can I step forward and share that? So I know that you want to share a few insights into being yeah. able to operate in the faith space while still undergoing faith struggles. What what can you share here? So a couple of years ago, gosh, it was about, I guess, a, about 10 years ago now, um, I was invited to speak at a women's faith conference and uh, I was like, okay, fantastic. They said, what do you want to talk about? And I said, I'd like to talk about what do we do when God is silent? And they wrote back and they said, thank you so much. We've decided to go in a different direction. <laughs> and I was, you know, I was just, I was taken aback because I thought, well, why not? Well, because for a women's faith conference, that was deemed too heavy of a topic. And um, it's funny because I know um, Lisa Cherkhurst, um, the, I'm not sure if she's yes, uh, popular. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. And she re- tells actually a similar story in her book, Uninvited, I think, where she had a similar experience. So clearly this happens more often than we care to admit um, in the face or, or, you know, in the face space where we're told that topic is, we don't want to touch that. We don't want to do that. Well, about six or seven months later, I was invited to speak at a different faith conference and I was able to take the message that, you know, the general topic that they gave me and parlay it into, uh, because, you know, th- their topic was um, bring out the fine china. And it was talking about like, you know, rather than keeping your best in a cabinet, like put out the best for God. And I love that. Okay. So we hit on that, but then I transitioned it into what do we do if we are not the china that matches the pattern that's in the cabinet? What do we do if our plate has been broken? Yeah. What do we do if we, so I was able to tie in some of those feelings of being disconnected from God or not knowing what to do. You know, those, those tougher questions that I was told didn't have a place in a women's faith conference. And afterwards there were women and, 
there's no way to say this without sounding arrogant. So please understand, I don't mean to be like, people were lined up to talk to me. But what I mean is there were women who came down front afterwards who lined up who said, I have never had someone speak my story before. I've always been told, you know, this is the nice, the nice Christian girl mold that you're supposed to fit in. And if you don't, something's wrong with you. And, mm-hmm. you know, or fake it till you make it. And so just for someone to speak authentically in a, a conference and let other women know it's okay if you mm-hmm. feel broken, it's okay if you don't feel like you fit in, it's okay if you don't match the pattern, God still has a place for you. And here's how. Um, for me, that was such a freeing moment because I realized that this message that I had been told was too heavy or not cheerful enough or whatever it was, um, didn't have a place, actually not only had a place, was desperately, was filling a desperately needed place that people needed to hear. And so that's my, that's my long answer to encourage folks who feel like I'm not perfect or my story isn't all sunshine and roses, or it didn't neatly tie up at the end with a beautiful bow. Yeah. That's okay. That's more than okay. People need to hear those stories. You know, every story, it seems like we hear on Christian radio, not to pick on Christian radio, but I think a lot of people are going to agree with me here. It's always, there was a crisis. And then here was the 11th hour solution where things turned out perfectly. Yeah. And if you're listening to that and you're in the 11th hour and there is no solution that's forthcome, yeah. what do you do then? How do you, how, how can you help but feel like God's abandoned me? or God's not listening to me, or maybe God's not there. We need stories that don't tie up neatly. Yeah, yeah. And show that there's still life on the other side of that. You can still have faith on the other side of that. So I'd say if your story isn't picture perfect, it's needed. It's needed yeah. more than story like that people is. telling you, oh, that we can't really, t- that that to me is an indication, well, that means that I need to, to share it. Yes, yes isn't absolutely. It? Yeah, absolutely. yeah. The stories that you've been told not to share, actually, you do need yeah. to, to, to share them um, because there are people there that are feeling, um, yeah, alone. I mean, and, and who if not us as the body of Christ yes. to be able to dive into those deep, you know, heavy, you know, I mean, one, my of the, one of the things I say in the book is, you know, I talk about the fact that we're kind of told like you have to put on your presentable church face, but yeah. we shouldn't have to lie to be good Christians. No, but think about that. You are asking people to be dishonest for the sake of keeping up the brand of Christianity. And that's so inherently wrong. Like, be honest with your brokenness. That is okay. That shows others it's okay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and and what ends up happening then is there's a whole other layer of that we we inadvertently allow the enemy to build to build strongholds in those people's lives, isn't it? Um, by saying, well, well, you mustn't be praying enough. Oh, well, is there sin in your life? Um, well, there wasn't, but there is now as I'm, you know, <laughs> right. turn the other right. cheek. I want to slap that one too, you know? Right, right. Exactly. I, I mean, yeah, um, it, it's interesting because, and, and we can talk about this uh, a little bit later off offline, I'm wanting to put together a summit where we're talking about these hard, harder topics. Mm. One of those topics is, what if there's unanswered prayer? 
Yes. You know, and I was thinking, yes. Lord, let me uh, let me find the people who will be courageous and bold enough to share the truth with love that will have these conversations because people are searching. And if we're only giving them half the answer, well, just pray about it. Yes, yes but there are other things I have been praying about it. What I'm going to do? Knock, knock, knock. Hello, Lord, are we there? You know. Exactly. Yeah. Just, exactly. yeah. So anyway, but let's talk about That's a whole other topic that I'm trying to <laughs> back with you uh, one day, Tiffany mindfully preparing for launching your own writing and speaking career. So a few seeds into this because the story that the Lord has been maybe creating in someone's life and is now ready to kind of give birth to, if you will, to share with the world could really open up a lot of different possibilities where, again, we can contribute to the kingdom, but under a writing and speaking career. Speak a bit more about this. Yeah. Well, one of the first things that I think it's it's important to to, to say is that I had the full support of my partner. Um, you know, my spouse was, you know, was my biggest cheerleader in stepping out on my own. I worked, like I said, for 14 years as an uncredited ghostwriter. And so um, in doing so, I had a steady salary and I had insurance and, you know, all of these things, at least in the United States, you know, that's tied with your employment. And, um, and it was really, really scary to step away from all of that um, and say, is this, is this the right time? Is this something I should do? And I was really only able to do that because I had a spouse that said, you know, yes, I support this. I believe in you. I believe you can do it. And also I have a salary that can help support us and pay the mortgage, um, you know, while you're, while you're uh, finding your feet as a writer. So I, you know, I want to put that out there first because I realize not everyone is in that situation and that does change, um, that changes the math to some degree. So I think it's important to be honest about that. Um, but beyond that, part of it was recognizing, um, that I did spend a lot of time behind the scenes mm -hmm. and paying my dues. And I would have loved to have stepped out on my own earlier um, that would have been great. But now looking back, I can see how much was gained in the experience of um, having to swallow my ego and write under someone else's name and see myself quoted, but not myself being, you know, uh, under having someone else take credit for that work. Um, and it was difficult and it was uncomfortable, but I sure did learn my craft and it helped me build up privately um, a strong reputation with editors, with agents. Um, so I was able to build a reputation within the industry that allowed me when I stepped out on my own to sort of enter fully formed, much more so than I would have if as a brand new baby author with my first manuscript, I had just shown up on the scene and been like, okay, now bring me all the book deals, you know? And I mean, like, and sometimes we all know that that happens. You know, there's always that first time author who gets that six figure book deal. And we all kind of hate them behind the scenes because that's just not fair. And we would love for it to be easy for all of us, but for the vast majority of people, that's not going to be the case. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's wonderful because so much of the conversation, especially in the last 10 or 15 years has shifted to know your value. Don't yeah. be afraid to ask for what you're worth. And that is wonderful and beautiful. And I wholeheartedly support that. But I also want to say it is important that you are willing to pay your dues. Know your value while you do so, but do be willing to learn how things work and to perfect your craft. And I'm grateful that I had a chance to 
perfect my, well, not perfect, but to improve on my craft behind the scenes um, under someone else's name, so to speak. You know, I look at the first book that I put out and then I look at what I'm putting out now and I can see such a marked marked um, improvement because yeah. of all, all the intervening work that came in between. And so I'm so glad that I had that opportunity, even though it was painful sometimes, even mm -hmm. though it stung or really stuck in my craw that, you know, well, I'm not getting credit for it. Yes, but I'm getting training, I'm getting experience, I'm getting connections, I'm getting networking, I'm also getting a steady salary. Um, and I'm getting up, I'm getting to work on projects of a caliber that I wouldn't have been able to work on as yeah. an unknown author. So there yeah. really is beauty in as, as tough as it can be to pay your dues, recognize that there really can be worth and beauty in that as well. Yeah. What I, um, it's reminded me of some of the many stories that I've had on this particular podcast, Tiffany, when uh, Christian entrepreneurs that may not have openly shared their faith, you know, as part of their business and so forth, but the conversations that I've had, you know, if I had have had success, if I had have had the venture partners who had contributed to our business early on, he said, I really could see that it would have led me down a path of destruction because I was not the man, I would the, the father, the employee, the leader that I am today. And you know, often um, in that waiting period, not only are we, as you say, we're excelling in our ability in our craft, we're continuing to reach that next level of excellence and integrity, which we can then offer, you know, our, our clients down the track. The Lord's also working with us spiritually to shape the character. He knows we need that next season in our life. Absolutely. And when we often look back, I, I know that I've had so many failures. I could write an entire novel on all of the, the failures. Um, and you know what? I don't allow the enemy to cause any, you know, embarrassment or shame because I am a much bigger person than I am before. Pride, you know, pride and greed and all of those things, which we know often will have us come undone as you know kingdom entrepreneurs as kingdom citizens yes. there are things that the lord will work in us so that he can work through us when yes. we get to that level of that stage to speak up you know so that it is not well i'm here on the stage you know but rather i'm here as a representative as an ambassador yes. of christ to yes. share the news to say you know if you're hurting if you're lost if you're lonely whatever christ is here and, you know, here is, is how you can have that personal relationship. Well, um, and something I like to say, too, is that if you ever cringe when you look back at who you used to be, and I will say I'm somebody who has a lot to cringe about, <laughs> that's okay because it means that you have done the hard work of growing. Yeah. You've done the hard work of allowing God to change you. Yeah. And so that's something to be proud of. Like, I'm glad that I can look back and, and I mean, I'm not glad I can look back at cringe, but I'm glad that I can look back and see that I'm a different person than I was because otherwise, what have I been doing for the past 15, 20, however many years? Yeah. If I wasn't growing, if I That's wasn't true. improving, if I wasn't drawing closer to the person who God wants me to be. 
Yeah. You know, one of the things, Stephanie, that I've recognized is that, you know, the the verse in the Bible that says, um, you know, paraphrasing kind of seek the Lord first and he will give you the desires of your heart. You then realize when you've gone full circle and the Lord, you have really surrendered and allowed the Lord to shape the character. You can see that the, the things that um, you had right at the beginning were actually the desires that the Lord had put on your heart, yet you needed to surrender to him so that the enemy would no, not be able to create those strongholds. That's you know, it's like speaking yeah. on stage, writing a book, um, you know, the, the, the elevation that the Lord wants to position you. Uh, he said, I need to get you to a place where your ego is not going to drive you, but you do yeah. that for me. And then I will give you the visibility because, you know, it's not because of you and stepping out on stage, but rather that you know that you're doing my work. You know, if that makes sense. Hundreds years ago I prayed and it was the Holy Spirit reminded me of this in one of, you know, the the prayer moments where I'm going, Lord, what am I not doing? And it's remember that prayer that you said. Oh, that's all right. Um, Sorry. That's the beauty of sharing your message. You can do it from anywhere. (laughs) Pick up the dog or the kids. Um, But I remember saying if the direction that I'm heading Lord, you can see that it's not going to be completely aligned to you, then I don't want to then shape me so that I can do that. Um, and again, it's taken, you know, on a journey, but I'm so glad because I don't want to get to the end of my life as all of us will stand before the throne and have to be accountable for what I do, you know, to say, well, I have Christ who stands alongside me on my behalf. Well, both for what we do and for what we don't do. Because yeah. you're like, we're told, like, if, if God puts a calling on you and you ignore it, you know, even the rocks will cry out. God will move on. God will, you know, God will be praised. And so if if you then are not the willing instrument, um, you are not willing to go through that process of refinement to be the instrument that God needs, then then God will move on. And so I think, you know, and sometimes that process can take so much longer than we want it to, and it can be so much more painful than we get Lord. Yes. But, you know, it's that willingness to say, shape me and make me worthy of this calling. Yeah. Yeah. The potter's clay, isn't it? Yeah. Is a process. <laughs> Do I still need to learn that lesson? All right, you know. Okay. <laughs> um, we've had someone. I'm not sure because I obviously haven't uh, added their name here, but she said, or he said, "Thank you so much for the encouragement to share my story through writing a book. To be able to give the message of hope and possibilities in life through one's faith uh, in God. I think um, for many of us who feel like we do have a story or you know something to share now, especially now with what's going on in the world now, uh, the the, the truth tellers and uh, those who know the Lord and what awaits us. I mean, and not just awaits us, you know, we, we're bringing the kingdom of God here on earth, be his ambassadors to show others um, what, you know, what is possible through and and with Christ. We could continue to talk, uh, Tiffany, but I would love to give you an opportunity to share how people can get in contact with you, how they can find out more about how you can support them. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, if you want to find me on Facebook, it's um, you can look for Tiffany Yecky Brooks or Tiffany Brooks PhD, um, and that's on Facebook. You'll find my professional page. Uh, that's where you can catch up with kind of my blog thoughts and and my appearances and news. Um, my website uh, again, you can go to Tiffany Yecky Brooks or Tiffany Brooks PhD dot com. Either one. 
Um, you can find me there. Um, you can find me on Amazon and Goodreads and all that stuff. I've got several books out. So if you look for me on one of those bookseller sites or even more importantly, ask at your local independent bookstore, support your local businesses. I love that. Um, you can find me any of those places. And, um, and yeah, I'm not a huge, I'm not on Twitter or Instagram or anything. I, I'm a mom of a small child. And so I try to be on my phone um, a very limited amount of time each day. Um, but I am active on Facebook, uh, posting and sharing. So that's Fantastic. that's the one social media outlet I'll allow myself. You can yep. find me there. Well, you know what? Start with one and go deep on that, isn't it? Deep and right. wide on that, and then that will continue um, to grow. But of course, now you you are on various platforms um, that people have heard you through this, and and no doubt your other interviews. But go back then, of course, and and hang out uh, over on Facebook. Tiffany, one of the things that I do with all of my shows, and I would love to uh, as well. For this particular show is just finish with a word of prayer. May I do that uh, with and for you too? All right, I would that's love great. That. Thank you. Father God, thank you for the opportunity today to speak with Tiffany and to hear her share her journey and her learnings and her insights. Lord, we covered so many different topics and we really just pray that you will continue to bring this message and the things we spoke about out into the world for those people who need to hear this. Father, at the beginning of the call, Tiffany and I shared uh, about the legalism in the body of Christ. Father, we just ask the Holy Spirit continue to do work there to transform that, to take away the legalism and the rules that are stopping people from living a full life that is in you and through you right now because there's so many things as we touched on that we could be sharing with people, um, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, words of encouragement, healing um, that is in a broken, compromised world, Lord, if not now, when? And so, Father, we just want to send, send a prayer also too for those people who may be listening or watching or um, may be sitting in silence through having unfortunately had a bad experience experience with um, a body, you know, with one of your churches. Father God, we just pray that you will cover them, um, cover them and, and, and heal them. Let one of your children be able to reach out and speak to them. Maybe that they come across this podcast and, and hear about Tiffany's book so that they can get a copy of that and continue to work through that, the healing process, and come and find a community of believers who will lift them up, who will talk and share, that, and you know, how Christ, how Jesus, you wanted us to share you and, um, yeah, and your word. Father, just continue to pray blessings over the work that Tiffany's doing, her ministry in uh, helping others write books, um, especially now for many others who maybe uh, have walked through a journey and through their life's journey, you are able to speak and heal and bring others to know Christ through their journey. Father, we just want to thank you for platforms such as this that we can get together with other people who love you and to share our stories and through that continue to make an impact in the world for you, Lord, for you. Father, we ask this in the name of Jesus uh, and, and thank you once again. We love you and um, we pray this in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tiffany. It's been an absolute blessing and um, loved our conversation. And at the beginning, before we went, I said, oh, we'll go for about 30 minutes. Oh, no. I'm a bit of a chatter as well, as, as am I. But you know what? Um, I, I thank you for spending that extra time because this is so important and uh, needs to get out. So thank you for your time. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this. This podcast is brought to you by theinfluencealliance.com. 
Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series. That's theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.